Welcome back, everybody, to In The Loop. What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Burpo. Thanks again for listening to In The Loop. This week, I'm joined by Hope Belair. She is the digital marketing lead at Punchmark, and she's great. And we're talking all about how to use Instagram for your marketing efforts. So full disclosure, this is actually the third time we've made this episode. We made the first one back in season one, back in 2020. I think we did it again in season two in 2021, at the end of 2021. And now we're just doing it a third time because so much has changed. Uh, Instagram keeps editing things and making it more e-commerce centric and shopping centric and less about posts. And then they introduced reels and now reels were really important. Now they're a little bit less important. So I asked Hope, who's an expert, all the things that you've always wanted to ask. And I hope you enjoy. A very special thank you goes out to Illumix for sponsoring this week's episode. And you'll hear more about them later on the show. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Punchmark, the jewelry industry's favorite website platform. Whether you're looking for better e-commerce performance, business growth, or campaigns that drive traffic and sales, Punchmark's website and marketing services were made just for you. It's never too late to transform your business with a user-friendly, point-of-sale integrated website platform designed for growth and results. Sign up for your free demo today at punchmark.com. While you're enjoying this week's episode, take a moment and leave us a star rating on the Spotify mobile app. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a star rating and a review. It's the best way to help us grow and to show that you're really enjoying the show. Thanks. Hey, everyone. This is Jason, Director of Education here at Punchmark. Just wanted to remind you that our client workshop is coming up April 23rd to the 25th. We'll be covering great topics such as Site Manager, Digital Marketing, e-commerce you also get the opportunity to meet the punchmark team and also meet other punchmark users you'll also be able to hear from great partners that we have such as client book the edge edge retail academy inox classic girl diamonds and national rarities we'll also put in a little fun as well so we'd love for you to join us for a cocktail hour after day one and dinner after day two hope to see everyone there Back everybody. I'm joined by Hope Belair. How are you doing today, Hope? I'm doing well. How are you? Hope is the digital marketing team lead, legend, bronze medalist at Pans in uh, Jiu Jitsu, <laughs> like a legend. So today we're going to talk about Instagram. Hope, what's your relationship with Instagram? What do you think about it? I personally love Instagram. That's my favorite social media to use personally, and it's actually one of my favorites to market through as well. Yeah, I think um, Instagram still. It's definitely changed quite a bit since it came out. I remember there used to be, do you, do you remember like back, I want to say probably around like 2009 or so, 2010, 11, around that era, uh, Instagram meant instant, you know, photogram. And if you didn't take a photo and upload it immediately, it was like weird to like touch up a photo and put it on Instagram. It was very like, it was called a later gram. Do you remember that back in the day? It was like very like kind of almost taboo, it felt like. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember those days. It was a little, let's just say not user friendly. <laughs> yeah. It used to be like, yeah, big, um, big chunky buttons is back during the, the skeuomorphic phase of the internet, but now it's very, um, streamlined. I mean, I think it's got some of the best user experience on the, uh, on the web. It's very, 
I don't know. It's all about shopping or it was more about shopping probably about a year and a half ago or maybe a year ago when it had the shopping tab as part of Instagram. And I just kind of hated that part of it. I just want to see what my friends are posting. I want to see dog videos and dance videos and dumb stuff like that. Jiu-jitsu highlights. I don't really want to see shopping on there, but yet they always seem to be on there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with the pandemic in 2020, that shopping tab really took a massive surge in popularity just because, you know, everybody was home. Nobody could look at stores, go physically shopping. So they were like, let's see what new brands I can find on Instagram. Yeah. And unfortunately, (laughs) here we are. So how does, um, how would you say just from a high level overview, how do you think that Instagram fits into a business's kind of repertoire because we did this episode back in um, season one. It was one of the first episodes of In The Loop. It was uh, with the Smithy Group. It was like an episode all about, um, I'm trying to remember it, but it was more like like content posting and like, should you be posting in real time or should you have like a content calendar? And it was all about like trying to grow your your following base so that you could have like a little bit more clout and be able to kind of drive traffic to your store. Um, now, what do you think is kind of the end goal uh, for Instagram? How is it, you know, if you have an effective Instagram? So the way I view Instagram now is essentially that is your brand more so than other social medias. Mm. Currently, you have TikTok and Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of event awareness, this, that, and the other. But Instagram is more so it's curated. It's you, essentially, right? So you're putting it out there as this is what I'm trying to express. This is what I stand for. This is what we offer, etc. So I think it's very important for jewelry stores, for sure, in particular, to advertise, you know, who they are, what they stand for. You know, we have a client down in Georgia. They are known for their relaxed atmosphere and, you know, their social media, their website, everything portrays that as well. And I think that's important, especially for Instagram. But I do find that Instagram right now, more so than ever, it needs to be a little bit more planned. It needs to be curated because everything that is live or you know, you just took a picture and you just posted it. It's not as effective as it could be if you just planned it or maybe waited even, you know, two to three hours, figured out, you know, hashtags, location, you know, editing, all of that stuff to really push that organic post even so that it's better engaged with and better impressed. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that there's always been this kind of balance in, in a business's social media presence, should you be focusing on your products or should you be focusing on like kind of, yeah, like your atmosphere, your lifestyle. And I think that there is something to be said about both. So when I say products, I mean like, should you be posting photos of either the products on white or the products on model, or should you be posting um, about like, yeah, the store or about couples that got engaged or, um, you know, your products being active, things like that, or doing giveaways. And it seems like it ebbs and flows, or maybe it's just like the people who I'm following. I have really been, in, you know, a big fan. I talked about it last uh, last week when I actually had um, Gasper on, and we were talking about best in class, and we were talking about. I, I mentioned this one brand, Shiro Studios, and I think that they have the most active social media presence for a jewelry brand that I've seen, um, and they do rather. Um, 
inexpensive, you know, jewelry. It's more like fashion jewelry. But they always are doing things like, hey, you know, win a $50 coupon if you comment on this post. And it's always boosting it. And as a result, I comment on all their posts constantly. And as a result, the, the algorithm is feeding them to me all the time. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of, you know, I've seen it work really well. But I also see other active brands that it's just like, photos of the clothing or the or the brand out in the wild doing awesome things that you can like, you know, aspire to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, to that point too, it's like, you know, when you're posting organically, it's all about consistency, but also simultaneously about diversity. So you have, you know, the lifestyle posts. I don't know about you, but I personally love sometimes watching reels of people getting ready. Get ready <laughs> you know me. what I mean? Very popular. That lifestyle. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So like, you know, being like, watch me open the store, what you would go through to open the store while also following up with, look at these new things and explaining them a little bit. We find that a lot of videos and a lot of posts get a ton of engagement if there is an actual person mm. in mm-hmm. the post as well. It's not so much like, Here's a picture of an engagement ring, right? It might be the most beautiful engagement ring ever, right? But it might not get the most engagement just because there's a static photo saying, hey, here's a new arrival, but there's no story behind it. So versus posting that static photo without a person, you take you know, this engagement ring, you put it on your finger, you tell the story, you say, oh my gosh, it came from Antwerp, right? Um, It's an Antwerp diamond and it fits perfectly on my finger. Look at how beautiful it is. This is going to be a lifetime classic. That is more apt to get engagement versus just, hey, here it is, you know, but also, you know, talking about the diversifying of your Instagram, you want the lifestyle, you want the products, but you also definitely want to engage in advertising your events, what the store is doing, what your you know plans are for like, let's say the next six weeks. So if you have a ring resizing event, if you have a wedding band event, you want that to be pushed organically. And then of course we can push it even more with ads and paid advertisement as well. I sort of think of it almost like like a diet, you know, your social media diet for <laughs> for your um for your page where like 30% of it is going to be the products being active, doing cool things. This is how I see, you know, there's different kind of ways of doing this, but I see it like 30% being active. I see 30% of it being lifestyle. So it's like um, in the store, kind of, this is the cool stuff that we do. This is how you can style this piece. And then the the last, you know, 30 or 40% is like the veggies, you know, (laughs) this is what the actual payoff of running this page is, which is going to be, hey, we have an event coming up and you should sign up for it. But if you only make your page the veggies, it's going to kind of lose some of the efficacy of it. And it's going to kind of feel very um, flat, very kind of unnatural. But if you also never do that, I mean, you're not really reaping the rewards of the product that you're working on. So I think that you kind of having that balance, um, do you subscribe to or do you kind of recommend a, um, a content calendar or... I've had kind of varying within the loop. We, I live off a content calendar. Um, I have the entire, the first six months of every season planned out. And when I get up to about a month and a half before the end of where I have planned, I do the next six months. But we've also done content calendars 
that feel very limiting and very stressful when it comes to writing blogs and content for uh, Punchmark. And as a result, between me and Stu and Hope, we actually don't use a content calendar and we just do everybody. We're going to shoot to make one post every two weeks. And if you, um, you know, can do more than that, great. If you can't, someone else will pick up the slack. Where do you kind of fall on that? You know, it's very, I think, again, you kind of need a little bit of both. You need a little bit of the spontaneity for sure. Mm-hmm. When you're posting Instagram stories or well, mostly Instagram stories or going live, even that that's kind of cool. Like, Ooh, you know, what are they going live for? It's a little spontaneous, right? If you're not announcing it. But I do think that a content calendar definitely helps or at least a plan throughout the week, right? So if you get new arrivals, let's say on Friday and you're going through them over the weekend and you want to make Mondays your days where you announce the new arrivals, that's a good plan to have because that's tapping into the consistent part of organically posting on Instagram, so it's like if you have a posting strategy, let's say Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you have new arrivals, then you have a lifestyle post, and then you have, you know, pushing an event or highlighting a brand that you're working with. Um, that kind of planning, so it is a little consistent, but also you know planning it out a little bit in advance. Whereas maybe Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays you're a little bit more spontaneous with it. You're like, oh, look at this couple just came into the store today and they bought this because X, Y, Z, right? So I think it's beneficial to have a little bit of both in that scenario because, you know, content calendars, sometimes you can look at them and you're like, oh man, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you kind of want to change it up sometimes Yeah. and you just look at it for so long, right? And you're planning it for so long. It's almost, you, you get a little burnt out of it. So I think you need to- Or it gets dry or stale. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's like training for a competition. You know, it's coming up. (laughs) Yeah, and and if you you just, if you're only doing the parts that you have to do, then you don't do the parts that you want to do. I think also, you can also be innovative about it. I mean, people love- other people, you know, people love looking at, at, at humans. And I think that that is something that we should lean into more. And one thing I've heard uh, a fair amount about with when it comes to, um, jewelry stores is I've heard that if you follow up with your, um, with when, on an engagement sale or a wedding band sale or something like that, what you can do is you can set like a reminder for yourself in six months to follow up with someone. I think that, um, client book and, um, I think that podium actually, uh, client telling tools have a feature that actually, um, kind of builds this in, but you can reach out to them and be like, Hey, how's things going? We'd love to, uh, you know, if you have any wedding photos, we'd love to post these or engagement photos. We'd love to post those photos. We, you have to get usually rights to the, from the photographer or just to make sure that everything is all cleared or if they have any, anything that was taken maybe just with their own phone. You can go in and edit those so that they fit onto your gram. But again, that's kind of activating your products and making it fit into a, both an active and a lifestyle type of, of photo. So just being creative, letting someone else do the heavy lifting for you. Um, I, that's, I'm, I'm heavy on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, you know, that's the beauty of it. If you are, you know, selling an engagement ring and you want to see the wedding photos or what have you, that's definitely a perk um, because they are going to be professionally photographed in theory. And then you have a story to tell. You're like, Oh, these, this couple came in six months ago and they weren't sure what they were going to do. And then they bought this 
you know, forever mark engagement ring that's just the most gorgeous set. And here it is on the wedding day. Bride couldn't be more beautiful. And here's their plan for the next six months. Something like that. You know what I mean? It's all about the story. It's all about connection um, more so on Instagram than any other platform, I'd say, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say interpersonal connection more so than anything. But, and one thing I think I've also seen is, um, so this episode, you know, it's no secret, sponsored by Illumix, and they do augmented reality. And one thing that you can do, which is really interesting, is by using either a link in bio or some type of feature that will tag um, products together, but you can make an AR tag that will allow people to kind of try on these rings. And it allows like a little bit more, you know, deeper kind of experience to just having those products on white because i i gotta be honest i i feel like the product on white shot is kind of a little bit outdated i feel like it's kind of getting getting stale but saying having a photo or a video or a reel of the of the ring shining and being like hey you want to try this on check out the link in bio take you one second boom you can go in you have this illumix uh link um, but speaking of them, maybe we'll take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor because we got to pay the bills and uh, we'll be back in about one minute. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you in part by Illumix. Illumix is a new tool for jewelry stores providing an immersive shopping experience so your customers can fully engage with your brand. With Illumix's platform, e-commerce leaders can create customized shopping experiences that have shown to boost conversions by 13% and decrease abandoned carts by 23%. And that's what you want. Don't wait. Brands like Missouri, Kuyat, and Beaver Brooks are already using Illumix. So go to illumix.com slash punchmark and claim a free account. Again, that's illumix, I-L-L-U-M-I-X.com slash punchmark and claim a free account. Thanks. And back to the show. All right, everybody, we're in the hope you don't have to clap. <laughs> Paul, leave that in. Leave it in. <laughs> um, all right, we're back. We're talking about uh, paid and paid products. So is there, I always ask, uh, I ask Stu this a lot. Um, is there like a minimum efficacy for for amount of money you should be putting in, like a minimum buy? Like if I was to... I do promotion for my own paintings. And sometimes if I have a really good painting, sometimes I put like $15 into uh, boosting the post just to get some extra eyeballs. And just because I feel good about a, a painting is that I always wonder, is that just wasted money? Like, is there like, I know with, for example, Google ads, if you're not spending like a hundred, 200, $300 on, on an ad buy, you're basically just throwing out your window. What's your opinion on that? Absolutely. So Boosting a post generally, I mean, any money you can put behind that just for even a little bit more reach does help for sure. Impression wise, it might not give you the customers you need to come in the store type of thing, but the minimum bid, I say, I would say, you know, $15 is okay, especially for like a one-time boost. It's not a campaign. It's just one static picture, you know, that you do for paintings or, you know, jewelry in this case, $15 is okay. You're going to get you know, a couple hundred more views, maybe a couple, you know, tens of more likes. Um, but for as far as campaigns and stuff like that goes, a minimum, absolute minimum of $10 a day. I cannot stress that enough. 
you will not be getting the you know benefits of the campaign if you're not putting at least $300 a month behind a campaign it just is what it is it might be you know facebook in general has a lower cost per click and cost per view which is on average about $2 for google um for a cost per click which eats up the budget for facebook what we're seeing is about an 80 cent per click hmm. it's not eating up as much budget so you can have that $10 a day and really be efficient with that but anything lower than that we just don't see the sales we don't see the traffic in store we don't see the phone calls so i'd say definitely at least $300 a month when you're going on instagram and advertising through instagram through a campaign and with those campaigns definitely push your products you can do product carousels and i've seen a store in the northeast they have a little bit of a chain of stores they have 5 to 7 sales per week off of a facebook campaign or instagram campaign in this case um so and their budget is again $10 a day hmm. it's not that big so can we just talk about um instagram shopping feeds for a second because i guess i don't fully understand how they're working because for example here's a question if you make a sale through Instagram shopping feed, does that sale go through your website or is that sale going through Instagram? Like how, um, who is actually tendering the, the transaction for that? It would be your website. So basically it goes through, you click on the product, it comes, it goes to the product page on your website. And from there you check out, you still may be on Instagram's type of browser type of thing, if that makes sense. So like if you're on your phone, it's going to pop up. You're still going to technically be in the Instagram app. However, you're going to be making that purchase off of your, of their website, but off of your phone. So it will record in that. So we can see the statistics on the back end of the business suite for Instagram. And if they complete the checkout and they go through with it, it counts on our end. So we can see, you know, how many transactions are being completed overall through your Instagram carousel with those ads what kind of um call to action do you find is i guess the most valuable uh because for the people that are listening if you never set up an ad there are various call to actions ctas that you can set up for example you can have um contact us now and i think it's a, a phone call or you can set up a, i think you can also contact via email or set up a dm there's also i think just follow i think that there's also shop now which makes them shop it um what do you think is like the is actually the best and most effective for product-based carousels definitely shop now i would say that is the most effective um because if mm, yeah. you have a cta being leaning more towards learn more, that's better for events, right? Because then they're expecting to have to read something. If you're trying to push products, especially lower price products, which is more beneficial for Instagram campaigns, you want that shop now because it almost takes away the stress, I would say of it, right? So like if you're going and you're looking at a product and you're like, Ooh, I'd love to see that. Let me shop. Now you click on the shop now and it just brings you to the product page. You don't have to worry about reading it. You don't have to worry about investigating it too much. It's kind of a, you know, just a little less action on your part when you're clicking shop now, if that makes sense. <laughs> so when you're, no, nah, that does. I think so. But when you set up one of these carousels or you're setting up, um, you know, just products in general and 
I, I'm, a lot of our clients have Instagrams that they haven't spent a ton of time on. They might be sitting around like the 300 to 500 uh, follower mark. Is there like a minimum follower account that you should be starting with before you start leveraging it as a business tool? Or is it like right out the gate, you got 250, you could probably just go and do paid um, marketing with it and you'll grow alongside your campaigns? Or is that like, hey, you should get to a thousand before you start running um, ad campaigns? Start at 250. I don't think it really matters that much hmm. just because, I mean, obviously if, if someone's going back to your page and they see that it's 250 of a following, they're maybe a little bit more hesitant on making that purchase directly through Instagram. But ultimately what's going to get the attention of, you know, people that maybe not, don't know your brand so much right now is the paid advertisements, especially product-based advertisements, because they're able to see your fashion jewelry, your engagement, whatever you're pushing. So they're like, oh my God, oh my, you know, like I really love that brand's jewelry. So they go on your page even if they're not taking action in actually purchasing a product, they go to your page, they're seeing what you're posting. Maybe they give you a follow. That's how you're getting followers, right? So paid advertisements, they're great in that you can set a radius around your store. Let's say 15, 20 miles. If you're in a more, more rural or suburban location, 15, 20 miles, not a lot of people know about you so far, but you you're putting $10 a day behind your product categories. And then they're pushing that ad throughout that radius throughout the times of day that we set. So people that, you know, are right on that 15 mile radius mark and they just don't know about you yet because you're a little too far. You're just, you know, maybe you're new to the game. They don't know you. Yeah. They're seeing your products and they're like, Oh wow. You know, I, I really like their jewelry. Let me go follow them. Mm. And even if they're, again, not taking action on that ad per se, they're following you now. And then they're going to continue to see, you know, what you're posting and they're going to be more comfortable with you. Maybe they'll visit you in store. Next time they're in the, in the vicinity for sure. Right. And um, I think that kind of ties in to um, traffic ads or just for events. Mm -hmm. um, this was the last one that we kind of wanted to touch upon. And I think that the art of the event uh, it's coming back and stats back in vogue. We had about <laughs> two and a half years of, of no events and now are two years of no events. And now they're kind of popping again. Uh, what do you see when you're working with a, with a client, uh, with the marketing team? What do you see when it comes to kind of prepping or getting ready for an event in the store? Yeah. So um, events are can be a little tricky just because let's say what's in style right now is wedding band events. That seems to be the big thing within the spring season. Everybody's getting engaged. We're seeing a lot of wedding band events. So with wedding band events, let's say you're, you're holding a sale, whether it be 20% off or, you know, buy one, get one, something not that extreme, but you know what I mean? Sure. And the thing is, is when you are advertising for a traffic event ad, you don't want to advertise too early just because if you're doing it a month in advance, everybody's going to start coming into your store being like, maybe they're not paying attention to the ad wholeheartedly, right? And then they come in that weekend and you're like, oh, well, weren't you having an event? <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, that's next weekend, but maybe we'll honor it for this one time, et cetera. Yeah. So for event ads, I'd say two weeks out, that's the best kind of sweet spot right there. Two weeks to 10 days out. 
and you're just pushing it. Got it. So let's say you have a $500 budget for the duration of this campaign. That's $25, $30 a day-ish, let's say. You are reaching so many people throughout that campaign. And even if they're not, you know, taking action on it, you're going to see a lot of appointments being made. You're going to see a lot of people just stopping in store, especially when it's running same day. So like, let's say your events on Saturday and you're still pushing it Friday and Saturday up that budget Friday and Saturday, really, really hammer it home. And you're going to see a lot more people coming into the stores. And like you said, events are coming back. They're in vogue, right? So everybody's looking to kind of go and make that connection again, especially if you're a local jeweler. Um, that's going to you know, really bring people in. They want that connection. You know, If you're going to offer them ring resizing or cleaning down the line, they can know that they can trust you, you know? Yeah. I think it's uh I think that's a really good point about the ramp up where you say that you should be um you know say you're doing $25 or or $20 a day for 2 weeks out and then yeah day before and the day of kick that thing up to like yeah 40 50 60 um and and you'll really see those come through and kind of have a clear goal of what that what it looks like for success. I've started benchmarking or predict making predictive goals when it comes to things like for in the loop, but also for um, just things for punch mark in general, where we're predicting, uh, hey, how many people do we want? Are we going to consider par for the client workshop uh, that we're going to be doing in, in April? It's like, uh, we're going to say par is 20, 20 clients. If we shoot under that, Okay, that's tough. But if we go over that, then we feel good because we I think that humans have like a really natural tendency of moving the um moving our bar and almost if we have uh something in our in our for ourselves where we feel kind of, you know, we'll be disappointed. So if you we say, "Hey, we're shooting for par as 20 clients and we get to 22, it's like, "Oh, we're not even that excited." But if we write that down ahead of time, I think being, you know, acknowledging that we did a little bit better than we expected is a good thing for yourself. And when you come short, I think having a, a moment to kind of rehash, we, we do uh, retrospectives at Punchmark where we talk about, you know, what worked, what didn't, how can we do it better next time? I think that's very important. You don't have to be a tech company to be doing uh, retrospectives or postmortems is another, another term for it. I think being able to decide like, hey, all of our signups came from Instagram ads. This Instagram ad in particular, we should do, maybe we do two of those next time. Or, hey, we spent $700 on Google ads and we didn't have any clicks through it. Maybe we don't spend our money there and we double down on the Instagram ads. I think having those kind of critical thoughts is what allows you to improve and, and do better year over year because we don't want to just be going off off feel. We want to be going off with measured. And that is what the value of these social media platforms is, is that they give you tons of of analytics that come back. Hey, people clicked on this. This is how many followers clicked on it. This is how many non-followers clicked on it. So that's it's, it's a good thing for you to know. So something to think about. Absolutely. And yeah, off that point too, I mean, even with ads for traffic ads specifically, we can create A-B tests. So we can see, you know, which image, let's say that's associated with the ad does better, which receives the most clicks, what receives the most likes. Um, I think all of that data is very important. And like you said, keeping your, your par, let's say realistic, how many people are actually going to come to that event? How many, you know, people you're engaging on social media, keep it 
a little more realistic and, you know, you'll be happy if you go over that par. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hope, I think that that's, um, maybe we'll kind of wrap it up. I think we covered most of the things that we wanted to. I feel really good about Instagram right now. Uh, it went a little bit too salesy um, for a little stretch of time and understandably so. Uh, but now I think that Instagram is definitely way overtaking Facebook. I feel like Facebook is, uh, I don't even know what it's really used for. We, I only <laughs> use it for the, the punch bar community. I don't use it for anything else. But Instagram, I think it's starting to get like a little bit of legs, especially with reels, I think are very... Um, seem to be very effective, but also a little bit more natural now that they kind of aren't just being TikToks. Like they are, have like kind of a little vibe to them. Um, Hope, if people want to learn a little bit more about how they can get some marketing for their own um, business or uh, just want to speak to you about setting up their own campaign or maybe their first campaign, where can they contact you and what's like the information? Absolutely. So if you did want to contact me more about the marketing, um, my email is hope at punchmark.com please feel free to shoot me an email. I will be happy to get back to you and I'd be excited to work with you. We offer little free consultations at first if you'd like to you know, just talk about how digital marketing and marketing looks like with Punchmark. Yeah, and that's uh, that's true for all clients. We also do marketing for, for non-clients, but if you wanna learn a, a little bit more, you can just go to punchmark.com also and uh, we have a whole tab for marketing. Uh, you learn a little bit more about what we do, uh, see if we're a good fit. But in the meantime, Hope, thanks so much for joining me. I'll have you back real soon. Uh, we're kind of just trying to re-up some of these social media uh, episodes because, you know, a lot's changed in the last three years. So we really appreciate you sticking with us. And thank you to Illumix. And uh, thank you, Hope. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Talk to you all soon. Bye. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. This week's episode was brought to you by Punchmark and produced and hosted by Michael Burpo. It was sponsored by Illumix, and I had guest Hope Belair on, who is the digital marketing lead at Punchmark. This week's episode was edited by Paul Suarez, with music by Ross Cochran. Don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and leave feedback for us on punchmark.com loop. We'll be back next week, Tuesday, with another episode. Thanks. <laughs>